0: Hi, this is Gail with Experiences You Should Have, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. And what's interesting is that I have asked many people in the world, what is that one experience that can be replicated that you would want to share? And almost every time, the response always has something to do with nature, And when I reached out to an old childhood friend from middle school, Katie Beth Gill, and asked her what was that one experience that she would want to share, she replied with kayaking in Greenland. Now, Katie Beth Gill is a very seasoned traveler. She has been to 63 countries. She is a nurse with Doctors Without Borders, and she has experienced so much. Much in the world, so when you get the recommendation to do something from Katie Beth Gill, you know it is a high, high recommendation. I highly suggest following her on her adventures on Instagram, Katie Beth Gill, and you can also check out her blog, katiebethgill.com. I am so excited about this this topic because. Uh, Recently, we just did an episode on going to Antarctica, which is definitely on my list. But it turns out kayaking in Greenland and icebergs is half the cost of Antarctica. It's still expensive, but hey, you could get out in the water and experience this beautiful form of ice and serenity and half the cost. So that's how I see it here. And Katie Beth Gill is gonna share about her experience and we'll get into logistics costs, best time to go because there really is a best time to go to Greenland and how to make this experience happen for yourself. Enjoy. We are talking about kayaking through Greenland. Greenland. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean <laughs> it's just this, like, massive country on the map, and you know it's cold there. You know there's ice yes. there. And... Yes. and you know nothing else. I right. Mean... <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss. Yeah. I mean, what, what is Greenland like?
1: Yeah. So Greenland is, it's completely unique. I mean, it was my 63rd country to go to. Wow. And, and you know what it's like when you travel a lot that, you know, you can kind of like every country is unique, but it always seems to have a relative of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you've been to India, you can say, Oh, it reminded me a lot of um, Nepal, you know, like they're different, but there's a familiarity you get okay. to Greenland and you just go, Nope. I mean, there's, nothing that it reminds you of um it's a giant sheet of ice when you fly in uh from Iceland, um you just fly and fly and fly over ice and you kind of have a moment where you just go huh what are we thinking (laughs) we have not not flown over any civilization (laughs) just (laughs) massive amounts of ice um you start like kidding yourself into thinking like, I could join NASA after this. Like I I am ready for like, you know, to go to Mars after this experience. Um, It was, it was so remote. You know, I mean, I had no concept of how large Greenland was, to be honest, I had never really thought of Greenland that much um, until we decided to go. And It's massive. It's like the size, like the lower 48 United States. It's huge.
0: Wow. Wow. With like
1: like 57,000 people in it. So it's very sparsely populated.
0: Um, That is incredible. Like on the entire continent. The entire thing. Country of Greenland. Wow. Yeah. The entire thing. 57,000 people.
1: Wow it's not crowded, I'll say no, that.
0: No, if you need some space, uh, <laughs> it's going to be a couple place to go.
1: Yeah, if if you're not into traffic, Greenland's your place. <laughs> right, the complete opposite of Bangkok. Right, exactly. Which, when you live in New Delhi, going to Bangkok seems like, like, <laughs> Bangkok is to New Delhi as Greenland is to the United States, I guess. Whoa! <laughs> Bangkok, very laid back to me in comparison to New Delhi
0: (laughs) crazy crazy okay so why did you go to Greenland
1: I went to Greenland because my buddy Matt the pharmacist and I um had been trying to plan a trip together for forever and just kept missing each other and he was in Europe and I was like that's it like I have those same two weeks off we're gonna go do a trip together and so I kicked around a few ideas like, you know, northern Afghanistan, to which he very quickly like denied that <laughs> that option. <laughs> um so at first we thought about going to go to uh, Norway because I really wanted to go kayaking. I wanted to be outside. I wanted to be in nature. And we just kind of like started looking at the pricing of being in Norway for two weeks. And I just finally called him and I said, Listen, for like a thousand dollars more, we can just go to Greenland and like that's just got to be the edge of the universe. So let's do that, and so we did. Just Beautiful. Out, let's let's do that. It's worth the extra money to really get away from civilization. So that's what we did.
0: Okay, so you went to Greenland with your buddy with the intention of going kayaking in Greenland. Yeah. So how we long were you planning on going <laughs> kayaking in Greenland? and did you think you would return? <laughs>
1: Um, like how long did the trip planning take or how long were we planning on being in Greenland?
0: Yeah. How long, how long were you planning on being in Greenland or how long did you stay there? Yeah, we were actually only there a week. Um, we, we had planned
1: on staying longer, but then we figured out really quickly that the flights, um, that were in and out of Greenland for some reason were only on Tuesdays. Oh, So. Like, for some reason, our trip needed to be, like, on the common denominator of Tuesdays. And so we were like, okay, well, we could either stay a week, or we have to stay, like, another week. Right. to like, get in and out on these flights. So we decided to do a week in Greenland, and then do some time in Iceland on either side. Okay, um, great. Yeah. So logistically, to get there, you have to either go through Copenhagen, or you have to go through Iceland, um, so that choice is pretty easy for us. That we were like, yeah, like we'll go to Iceland for a few days on either side, and you know, fill out the time.
0: And I heard if you fly Iceland Air, you can take a free stopover in Iceland uh, if it's seven days or less.
1: Yeah, and so I did that a few years ago on Wow Airlines, which uh-huh. goes on being Iceland's most punctual airline which I think is just a very funny um, tagline to have. Yeah. But uh, they're, wow. they, yeah. And they're kind of like the Ryan air of Iceland now. Got it. Um, yeah. Like I flew from London to Boston for like $190 one way, which is, that's just ridiculous.
0: <laughs> well, I was just in London and I got $500 round trip tickets from Seattle to London and back.
1: What? Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. It was That's fantastic. amazing. Right. That is fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, I will say flying to Iceland was the most economical part of the entire trip. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah, this, this is not a cheap trip. For anyone who's been here thinking, man, that sounds like it's for me, get ready to eat a lot of ramen on like before you go because it is, it is not a cheap trip. Okay,
0: So you spent a week in Greenland. You stopped over in Mm -hmm. Iceland. You went kayaking in Greenland, which we're going to get a little bit more into, but how much did this trip cost you?
1: Just shy of $5,000.
0: Okay. All right. You know what? It's cheaper than Antarctica.
1: And that, I know that sounds like a weird way to pitch it, but that's how I pitched it to myself. Um, (laughs) And, and, you know, I mean, like we all, we, very few of us choose to save money on purpose, right? Like Uh in our age group, we seem to be terrible at saving money, right? Like, if you're not spending it on travel, it just seems like you're spending it on other things you can't remember. Um, Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I mean, my, the way I justify it to myself is, you know, I don't buy expensive purses or, you know, other things, I guess, that some people really enjoy. And so my thing is, I'd rather spend five grand on kayaking in Greenland so
0: I love it I love it it. yeah Yeah. I don't spend money on purses and all that crap either it's uh I feel like life should be experience focused I mean hence the podcast yeah yeah Yeah. well exactly I
1: I am much more experience-based than I am
0: things-based
1: um it means we are true
0: millennials man
1: (laughs) does it oh no well (laughs) Well, I, I'm going to go ahead and pull in Eliza Schlesinger and say I'm an elder millennial because I am like, we're on the older end of that demographic.
0: (laughs) Uh, That is correct. That means we are older and wiser and. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm an elder millennial. Elder millennials Um... (laughs) here. But, uh, but I want to hear more about kayaking in Greenland. Like how many days did you spend kayaking in Greenland and, how did you go about planning this trip and and what was it like tell tell me the story yeah absolutely
1: um well you know i mean like we went there to go do a lot of different stuff so it wasn't just the kayaking but that was definitely the best part that we did so you know we did some glacier tours we did a lot of hiking um that type of stuff there it is not hard to figure out once you get there how to do this stuff because there's literally just like one company there that has the kayak that so you can go <laughs> and get the prop <laughs> um and again like not cheap so if you if you want to go kayaking you know they have like these um morning and evening options that you can go out there and it's about three hundred dollars for every five hours that you take a, a kayak out um, oh, wow. so yeah so we were based out of the mainland and anytime we'd go like out on the ocean, you know, like, we've, like we like would just rent these kayaks and go out there and do that. And again, it's pricey, but it's completely and totally worth it. I mean, you're going through the ice fjords, um, and so you're kind of like, you know, just kayaking along and it feels like you've run over like a very large dog, but it's just this chunk like giant chunk of ice in the water <laughs> that wow. you've gone over. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you're going through glaciers and um and icebergs and stuff and the, some of these icebergs that you're just casually passing by or just, you know, like the insignificant icebergs that are, you know, 60 feet tall.
0: <laughs> right. Wow.
1: So, yeah, you just go by them and people are like, oh, those aren't even the big ones.
0: <laughs> That's it's insane. Like,
1: oh, right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And so you can rent from these companies, like I said, it's very expensive. But I mean, to their defense, like it's pretty involved. It's not... Um, it's not even wetsuit kayaking because the water's so cold. It's dry suit kayaking. So, you yeah. know, it's... Could yeah. you rent the dry suit
0: where you yes. got the kayak?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's like this one company that was there. We were on the West Coast in a town called Oulu-Sat, Um, And that's where you can fly into on air Iceland, um, into Olulisat. And again, like this town is like one of their larger towns in Greenland it is mm-hmm. not big. Like we're talking a couple thousand people, it's not wow. large. Yeah. And so, you know, there's, a, I think there's like maybe one or two hotels there. And then like the hostel that we stayed in, um, it's not, it's not a large metropolitan area. And so, you know, like, at, like they have like the one main drag on um, in the town and there's just this like place there with all these kayaks just propped up on a fence and you're like oh that's the place that rents kayaks <laughs> okay <laughs> like great, great right there <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um and so for people who if i had never gone dry suit kayaking before i'd always done the wetsuits or just you know like tropical endeavors right. where you didn't didn't need anything at all um it's very similar to what i think astronauts go through because you pull on like you have like your dry fit stuff on first and then you have on like a a a fleece onesie which is so tempting to feel like so much <laughs> I just feel it so badly and then you like pull the dry suit on top of it which I felt like I needed I don't know like a minor in physics to get into it because like you know there's all these like rubber parts and it's crazy and then like the neoprene gloves and I mean, because that water, if water freezes at 32 degrees, this water must be like 32.1. I mean, it is not warm
0: at all. (laughs) Wow. Now, I have a dry suit and it, um, I I use it for scuba diving, but it it feels like it's cutting off some circulation sometimes at my neck. And then when I'm in water, it feels better. How did it feel kayaking in this dry suit?
1: Yeah. So... I kind of felt like I was just being like lightly choked during the entire time that you would use it. And after a while you, you would kind of forget about it. But like when I first put it on, I was like, I feel like I'm just being slowly choked out by this very like subtle, you know, way in the soup. (laughs) So once you like get out on the water, the views are so amazing that you forget about it. But yeah, when you first put it on, there is that sensation of, Oh, I might die here. But like, (laughs) Not by drowning, but just by trying to wear the suit. <laughs> right, right. um, when did she and the die? Most, it was a dry. When right? <laughs> <laughs> was she not in the water, just lightly choked to death. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs>
0: right. right.
1: Yeah. And I had never been in a dry suit before. So like, you know, they let you get out of the kayaks at the end and like swim in the dry suits and stuff. It's a very weird experience. That's a very odd
0: sensation. Right. Yeah. yeah. That was
1: new for me. Very yeah. new for
0: me. I always have like a hose of air connected to mine so I can add in air to kind of warm me up. But oh, you probably cool. didn't have that.
1: We didn't. And so it does this kind of like vacuum thing where it like sucks down on you. Oh, um uh-huh. It, yeah. Like they tell you to get all the air out when you put right. the dry suit on. Right. Um, and so when you're in the water, you have this misconception that you were getting wet because the water's like closing in on you. Um, and at first, I'm not going to say I panicked, but at first I was like, I'm not doing this right because I'm getting wet. And they're like, no, no, trust us. You are not getting wet. And it wasn't until I got the thing off. That I was like, oh, they, they were actually correct. They knew what they were talking about. All right. Yeah. <laughs> still, yeah. still
0: dry. <laughs> you stay dry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So, were you on a guided tour or were you guys just out kayaking by yourselves? we we went on a guided tour and i am really glad we did you have like the options
1: to be able to do this just to go solo i am really glad we went on the guided tour because what i was not appreciative of at first is how dangerous those icebergs and glaciers are like they are really dangerous um and i think you know all of the kayaking i've ever done has never had that element to it before like your biggest risk in the kayaking i've done before has been you know, getting rolled and not be able to get up, you know, or rattlesnakes or (laughs) something like that. But I've never had to deal with ice before um, as a hazard. And it was real, I was so glad that we had um, a guide because they really knew like, you know, the channels you need to take to the ice, but also like how close you could get to the the different icebergs and glaciers because um, there is this danger that if it calves, you know, Uh it's not just that the it's not just that the falling ice might hit you, but it can cause like kind of like a small tidal wave and roll you. Um, which is, you know, not great. Right. And so, you know, there's lots of floating ice. And so if you were to roll, it wouldn't just be that you would be rolled, you know, in like thirty five degree water or whatever, but it also might be that you feel like roll and you know, hit something um so I was very glad we went with the guide definitely
0: wow wow yeah now yeah. Have, and, have people rolled while kayaking through icebergs on Greenland and, and could they survive you know, this cold water
1: <laughs> you know what's amazing and again this is something I did not know about Greenland apparently kayaks like were kind of like this type of kayaking was like invented there which I did not know that. Wow. Um, so they have these crazy traditions of um, like all, like every year they have these like big contests of uh, like the traditional type of um, Greenlandic kayaking where like they go out in the water and they demonstrate different types of roles and that type of stuff. So, I mean, I think that in that area, surprisingly people are very familiar with, with how to maneuver a kayak and they even show you like they'll show you like kind of like what a traditional old school Greenlandic kayak looks like you know kind of like the wood and that type of stuff um and so I don't think that people who go out like with a guide and stuff and are safe about it have had any issues but definitely since there is a tradition of people going out in these kayaks i'm sure there have been people that have experienced injuries at some point in them but i don't i think your risk of going with a guide is very very low got it
0: now yeah. what did this water look like and what did the icebergs look like they were
1: so interesting that they all had very individualistic characteristics um it kind of reminded me of one time we went um like out in the desert. Uh, in Morocco, and, like, we went, like, you know, out on camels, and we would go past, like, the giant sand dunes, and, like, the nomadic people there knew all of the sand dunes and kind of knew, like, their personalities, you know, like, they would say things like, oh, that one will shift underneath you, or that one's been growing more, and, like, they could kind of read it, and I found that, like, when we talked to the people who did this a lot, like, the guides, they seemed to understand the, the icebergs in the same way which I thought was very interesting that you know is like
0: interesting
1: yeah they would refer to it as if though it was like like an animal I guess or you know like it was a living creature you know they would say things like oh yeah the other day he had this beautiful tint of blue to him and, da, da, da. and so it was very very cool to hear um how they would like describe them and when you went through it you were able to appreciate how individual all of that ice is like it's not just ice you know they have the different shapes different textures depending on the density um like you could get like like the white ice which is older um and then they would have like that what they call black ice but that could have this like really pretty sapphire blue like veining through the white um ice the water I was so surprised almost had like in some parts, like, almost like a Caribbean blue quality to Ooh. it, but not not warm at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cold. And, yeah, it was like getting dumped into, like, a Van Gogh painting, almost. All the different blues with the different textures and the swoops of navies and turquoise. And, like, sometimes when the sky would um, have clouds going through it, the glaciers would turn like almost like a periwinkle purple color, which I really love. Um, it, it they were all different. Like it just constantly while you're out on the water, they're shifting and changing colors, and just a kaleidoscope of blue going on the whole time.
0: There, it's so worth five thousand dollars. <laughs> wow, so worth it. <laughs> This just sounds like a true experience for your eyes. I mean. For all your senses. You know,
1: like you can hear the glaciers calving and it sounds like thunder. Um, You know, you can see like little seals popping up and sometimes there were whales that would go by, you know, with the tails coming out of the water. And that just made like your blood pump really fast. So (laughs) magical. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you go with a guided tour, they like to. Uh. They like to show people, like, the difference between the different ices. So, like, they'll carve off, like, white ice and the, the black ice. And then with the black ice, they'll pour baileys on top of it and pass it out to everyone to experience. So, beautiful. also, also your tasting gets to have, like, a sensation as
0: well. <laughs> that, that is beautiful. Being able to experience <laughs> all of the senses yeah. all around icebergs in Greenland I mean that's that's incredible truly incredible
1: it's truly unique like I said it was my 63rd country and so and I you travel all the time I know you get this like after a while it takes a lot to get you to the point where you're like that was truly unique and amazing and memorable and Greenland was one of those experiences for sure
0: Wow, well you this is coming from an expert traveler here to go kayaking <laughs> in Greenland and in icebergs. Greenland. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I absolutely like for, forget your like backpacking around Europe experience. Save your money, go kayaking in Greenland. <laughs>
0: ah, I love it. Okay, so I want to get to a, a, a few logistics. Uh, yes. Did you see any families out there or children out kayaking? Um, I didn't see any children out there kayaking, and I have thought a lot
1: about your question when you asked if this is fam- family friendly, and I think that it's kind of, it kind of depends on what your family is. I don't, we didn't see kids, period, in Greenland, like, okay. other, than the, other than the children who live there, but, you know, there's not a lot of tourists. You know, there was, like, one or two other tourists that we saw when we were there, um, we always joke that it was like we're on Gilligan's Island. It's like, okay, like the Skipper and Mary Jane are accounted for. Um, So there's not a lot of people there to begin with. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, I think for a lot of families, this would maybe not be a really enjoyable trip for kids, depending on what your kids are into. Like this is not, it's not Disney World, you know, there's not a lot of Like, we didn't see amusement parks and movie theaters and things like that that I think a lot of maybe kids gravitate towards. But, you know, if your kids are into hiking and if they like kayaking and that type of stuff, this is is a winter wonderland. I mean, you can definitely take your kids there if they are into this. But, you know, I mean, we were there in what would be considered like late summer, like just on the cusp of going into autumn. And like um some of the days it was like a high of twenty eight. Oh wow. Right. And so, you know, I know some families who have kids that would love that type of stuff. But then, you know, I think it just depends on what what your kids Yeah. I think it depends on what your kids are into, you know? Like for a lot of kids, like temperatures going from like, you know, 25 to maybe 50 in one day wouldn't be super enjoyable
0: Uh um,
1: for the kids. But I don't see any part of it being dangerous um, or not child appropriate. I think it just depends on what your kids are into.
0: Okay. So when would be the best time to go out to Greenland um, and kayak through icebergs?
1: Yeah. You know, honestly, that late summer early autumn so like no later than like the first week of september is that real sweet spot because and i did not know this greenland has a huge mosquito um like i don't concentration i guess is the word for it oh so like yeah so like their summer begins maybe like mid to late may um and they talk about like yeah if you're gonna be here in the summertime you might even need like mosquito um masks like if you're gonna be out yeah if you're gonna be out like hiking and stuff and so i had no idea me either and so that for me i was like great we're gonna come later when that has passed (laughs) because Uh i did not want to be there for that but you also don't want to wait too late into the winter because the sea ice gets so thick that you can't you can't go out into it so um i would probably recommend yeah like mid mid august to like the first week of september that like month there um it's probably a good time to go to avoid it's like just like plague of mosquitoes but also not went to the sea ice that's formed yet
0: great great information
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean there is a lot of um there's a lot of like unpredictability i guess that comes with cleaning, you know i mean there's just it, a lot can change really quickly there because of the way the ice just does whatever it wants you know Mm
0: Hmm. mm -hmm. and and so did you need to plan like your kayak tours in advance before you got there or could you essentially just fly in and and buy that on the spot
1: yeah you can fly in and buy it on the spot with the knowledge of knowing that you need to have a lot of flexibility with that because also um like, with the fog, like, if the fog comes in really heavy, it comes in really thick, Um, and so, like, your tour, if you decide that you just want to go for, like, one day, then your tour can get canceled really easily, like, if there's a big weather change, and so you do need to, like, give yourself a lot of traveler's grace, I guess, you know, to know that, like, if you book for a morning trip that you know you need to clear out the whole day cuz the fog settles in you might get pushed back to like the evening trip which is what happened to us mm-hmm. um and so you know like just always have a plan b but luckily you're in a stunning area there's tons of hiking nearby and so it is it's really easy if you're willing to be flexible to be like okay cool like we can't go kayaking right now but we'll go hiking for five or six hours and then come back and go kayaking in the evening. And um, so you don't have to have it planned out in advance, but you do need to have planned out that like, if you're going to spend a few days wanting to do that, to have other things in mind you would want to do in the off chance that fog has come in or sea ice is giving you trouble or whatever.
0: Okay. And you mentioned you stayed in a hostel. What was the cost of that hostel?
1: It was not cheap. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, like we were in the hostel with a share, shared bathroom situation, no private bathroom. Um, I think it was about 70 euros a night.
0: Oh, wow, that is pricey for a it hostel. Is
1: pricey for a hostel, it is pricey. Um, we met some girls um, who were there doing the kayaking thing as well. As well, they were staying in a hotel, so just to kind of like get a feel, you know, we looked up the hotel cost, and it was about three hundred dollars a night. Ooh. So, I mean, that's what you pay if you're, you know, gonna want a private bathroom and like a hotel non bunk bed bunk bed situation. So, yeah. like I said, Greenland was not cheap. Not at
0: all, so was the currency in euros or
1: no, it was on the um the Danish chrono
0: oh okay. yeah,
1: but they but they would have a lot of things listed in euros and dollars, I guess because I guess you have like travelers who show up there and they're like, what do you mean this isn't on the euro right. <laughs> so right. they, they would they would help you out so they would have a lot of things to be like you know it's this much chronos and then like in parentheses it'd be like euros slash u s dollars I guess uh-huh. they they assumed that some of us were stupid and they were they were trying to
0: help us out. Cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And what about the language barrier? Was did a lot of people there speak English?
1: Yes. A ton spoke English. Like there I don't think we had a single time of language barrier while we were there. Um, they seemed, yeah, like they either spoke Danish and English fluently or it'd be like Danish. English and Greenlandic and a few
0: other languages. So the the people there seem very multilingual. And was there a tipping culture there?
1: Not that I saw. So um, we didn't really see a tipping culture that seemed prominent while we were there. Um, I don't know if it's just because like the prices were just already so high that maybe it was like built into it, but uh-huh. it, it did not seem to be like when we would fill out things, you know, like on a credit card, there wasn't like a space for like to add a tip on okay. top of it in the places where we were.
0: Now, what about your food? I mean, if this is such a small community, were there restaurants or did you cook in? Was there a grocery store? Um, yeah. What'd you do?
1: There, there is a grocery store, um, which had, you know, like it had pretty pretty um accessible things that you would think of like in the United States you know so they had like frozen foods that you could cook in your hostel they had you know cereals and canned pasta and that type of stuff there were restaurants um as well there not many you know a couple um three or four okay Uh, and you know I mean like to kind of give you a feel for like the cost like you know we went out to lunch and to buy like just like a, a pretty basic wrap, just like a chicken veggie wrap was like $28.
0: So oh.
1: Oh. yeah, yeah. Oh. So you, you buy a lot of groceries, <laughs> Got <laughs> you it. you buy a lot of groceries, yeah. um, which, which is fine because it's not like Greenland is thought of as like the culinary capital on the planet. Like if always right. a, if I was in Italy, I'd be very upset about missing out on the food. But again, I mean, it's not like there's anything in like the Greenlandic dietary staples that's just world famous for like, you have to have it before you die, you know? So uh-huh. yeah, like it, it doesn't seem to be, it's not part of the draw. Like that's not why you go there for the food. So yeah. you, you don't, you don't feel remiss buying grocery store food.
0: All right. it's good to know. Um uh- <laughs> Gosh, it was not t- cheap, <laughs> <laughs> but still cheaper than Antarctica. Which, what? if you're interested in hearing about Antarctica, check out the podcast on experiences you should have on traveling to Antarctica.
1: Uh, oh, definitely, that is on. It's on my queue of things to listen to because that's that's on that's on my short list right now for oh, sure.
0: Fabulous, very fabulous. Yeah have you Have you been? No, but I'd love to go, but that is one I will really need to to say for it. Me too. I think we covered everything that, that I wanted to cover. Okay. Thank you for listening to Experiences You Should Have. Please make sure to review Experiences You Should Have on iTunes. If you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe to the podcast. And if you have an idea for a show episode, please message us on the website or use a hashtag EYSH on Instagram. My big bucket list thing I just completed was swimming with hammerheads in the Galapagos last year. Oh and cool. Yeah. So now I I need to add more to the list and figure out where to be saving for next.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would think that cuz I know you're big into like swimming with sharks and stuff, yeah, I, I would them. think yeah, there's some people that are like, you know, um like free diving with great whites now. Have you done that? Uh
0: I I have dove with great whites. I haven't free dove with great whites. So that yeah. that may need to be added. But I got to uh spend a week with great whites in Guadalupe, Mexico. Oh cool. Oh yeah. cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we I did like the cage diving things in South Africa and oh, it was cool. beautiful and they were majestic and they were amazing. But I was very glad to have had titanium between me and them because yeah. I I did not for one second
0: underestimate how powerful those animals were. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well yeah. true, but I found the Great White was actually less curious than the tiger shark, which the tiger shark that would just come in and they'd be like headed straight for your eyes and then like graze the side of your cheek. I have uh, heard
1: that. And I'll be honest, like in the in the cage, they didn't really seem too too fussed about us, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, they like swam by and did their thing, but like they didn't seem aggressive at all. And so right. yeah, it wasn't so much like I wanted the cage because I thought they were mean or aggressive. It was just more that I was like, These are, these are some of the most powerful creatures on the planet.